0: Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Kate Quirk, CEO and Managing Director of Alcidian. Kate has more than 25 years of experience in healthcare information technology. She's been involved in large system procurements and implementations of healthcare information technology across Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Kate's background involves holding leading management roles at some of the largest healthcare software firms where she's had an impact on strategic product direction across the health sector and believes astute application of information technology will support the transformation of healthcare delivery worldwide. Hey, Kate, how are you going?
1: I'm really well, thanks, Pete. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries at all. And whereabouts are you joining us from for this recording?
1: I'm joining you from Melbourne in lockdown, just enjoying uh, being very close with the family
0: for a long time. Enjoying your local surrounds. That's uh, uh, very much so. Much like the population, but in
1: my five kilometer zone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, you're very familiar with what's what's five kilometres away. So that's good. We've got good spatial awareness now in Melbourne. So <laughs> really interested to delve into the world of Alcidian. But firstly, I want to understand a little bit more about yourself, Kate. I only touched on it at a high level in the intro. What's your background? Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Um, yeah, well, as you touched on, it's you know, been over 25 years. I've left it at 25 now, so I don't go beyond that. But I'm somewhat now of, uh, would probably be considered a veteran of the healthcare IT industry, although I still feel as though I'm absolutely a newbie and learning every day because there's such great strides happening from an innovation and technology perspective. I actually started out as a health information manager, so did my course in health information management and started life working in a Victorian health service. I had a couple of years of direct hospital experience before I was lured to the private sector by a company called McDonnell Douglas, which will actually age me quite considerably. (laughs) You probably haven't even heard of them, (laughs) but I joined them about the time they won the contract for what is called hibiscus or HBCIS, which is the patient management system that is still running in Queensland hospitals today. So I was going to say, that... I've,
0: I've, I've heard about the plan to replace hibiscus for about 10 something years. So that's
1: absolutely. Um... So <laughs> that's it does, it bit. dates me a little bit, but I think it does indicate the longevity of solutions in healthcare when they mm-hmm. are deployed. And so I've had a long standing career really in product management and sales in the private sector and all through healthcare I did have an opportunity to change sectors for a little while when I worked for Computer Sciences Corporation and I went and was the account director for their Energy Australia account which was a huge account at the time and I had a couple of years working on what we you know the poles and wires side of the business of electricity which was absolutely fascinating and really, really good learning experience. I think going out of healthcare and and seeing something else and coming back into it has been really good to give me a wider perspective of other industries. Hmm. And whilst I was there, a group of us uh, had the opportunity to do a management buyout of the products business from CSC at that time. And I, along with a few others, created iSoft Asia Pacific, and we joined together with KPMG Healthcare Systems who had developed IPM, and we created... Uh, and floated iSoft so I was there through the very early days of bringing IPM to this part of the world took on a global product management role for iSoft for a while and uh, that was all before the national program and it all you know things got very complicated over there in the UK but uh, I think it was great to have had that grounding and I that's where there's reference to me having worked in a lot of big system deployments statewide I took some time off actually and worked in the not-for-profit sector so I've got a keen interest in childhood obesity and I'm on the board of the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Foundation. But I was lured back into healthcare IT with MKM Health, which was a company really focused on healthcare services and product. And a couple of years back, we recognized that it's important to have scale in healthcare because we are dealing with some really large customer deployments and implementations. And so we joined together with Alcidian. Alcidian actually acquired MKM Health and another company we had, Track. And that enabled us to combine the innovative products um, that Alcidian has been working on for a number of years with the deep capabilities in integration data and services that MKM Health had to create what we have today. So, Alcidian in its current form is really just two and a half years old. Mm. And when I came across, I came across as a CEO and MD of that. So as I said, I'm a veteran, but still feel very much like learning every day the opportunities that are presented. And obviously things like the COVID pandemic has also presented a whole lot of new opportunities in healthcare IT.
0: Yeah, interesting. I, I didn't know the depth of that, uh, that background of yourself and also of the organization too. So that's really interesting. And then so, I mean, our city has been around for a lot longer than, than two and a half years. Obviously, it's been around for close to 20, I think. Um, yeah. What was it doing 20 something years ago? And how is that different to what it's doing today?
1: Yeah. yeah, great question. So Alcidium was founded as a smart healthcare informatics company. It was based originally in Adelaide and founded by our chief medical officer, Malcolm Pradhan, who was um, a doctor who had done a PhD at Stanford in health informatics, and Ray Blight, who had more recently to that been the CEO of the South Australian Health Commission. So they sort of combined this really strong knowledge and understanding of healthcare delivery with a medical degree and an informatics degree. And they came together because they really honestly believed that there was a way to transform the way we deliver healthcare through using smart insights into data. So way back then, they were pretty well ahead of their time, to be honest, because you know, 20 years ago, we didn't even have a lot of the underlying data in a digital format. And, and that's been a really important part of driving what we want to do. So yes, 20 years ago, they worked through bringing that together, to developed the first version of Myer, and that's deployed at the moment in Western Health, Victoria and Northern Territory. But more recently in the last three or four years, we completely redeveloped that from the ground up, that platform using all the experience that they had had in the previous years of what they've done, but for the modern technology platform, so much related to using interoperable standards that are available and so forth. We can talk about Mm. that later. But I think realistically what we do is we use data to drive better outcomes for patients. We gather the data, we standardize it, we make it interoperable, so we make it freely available via APIs to others, so not only just for what we want to do with it, But we also are opening up that data so that healthcare systems can use it for their own innovation and their own connectivity. And we use it for our purposes in terms of deployment to support better patient care and support the caregivers. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that that makes sense. We've got that strong pedigree though in the history, in the integration of data. And that's a key thing. I think that we see that it's the combination of innovative products, but also an understanding of data and how you actually bring that together. Mm. That is really important.
0: Got it. And then, so what's the output of that? Does Alcidian have multiple products? I know of one in particular, which I'm sure you're going to, but yeah, it'd be good to understand a bit more about what you offer to the industry.
1: I touched on the services. So even before I talk about products, we do a lot of integration data services work We've recently you know, finished a project at New South Wales Health developing the child data record or the child data hub, which was actually for the ADHA. So we do a lot of that work, but the core platform for us is Maya Precision, and that is our product proposition. We refer to it as smart infrastructure for healthcare, and effectively, we ingest data from anywhere. Um, it can be HL7, it can be in whatever format we can get it. We convert it to FHIR. Most of your listeners would probably know what FHIR is, but it's the fast healthcare interoperability resource standard. And And we then standardize that data using Ontology Server or the Onto Server from CSIRO. And the importance of that can't be underestimated because you need to make sure if you're going to use data to drive decisions, that that data is safe, that you understand the the version of the data and what that data means. And then we use that to trigger clinical decision support. We can apply algorithms, not only our own, but third party. And we also use it to deploy specific capability that we deliver, which is around patient flow, virtual care, e-noting, alternative EMR capability. So as I said, it's not only for what we want to do. We open it up for others to use that platform capability. And maybe just to give you a couple of examples about how that can be used, we bring that data in, we standardize it. We deploy rules and algorithms against it. And one of them is, for example, acute kidney injury identifying patients at risk of acute kidney injury, we're gathering all this data and we're tagging important data like reduced kidney function. It might not be important to worry about reduced kidney function unless, of course, you're going to go and prescribe gentamicin for them during the care, in case of stay. Now, in the UK, acute kidney injury is the third biggest adverse event that happens to patients and it happens way, way too frequently. So if you can prevent that through presenting data to our caregivers, to our doctors and nurses in a way that alerts them to that, that's kind of some of the stuff that we're really focused on. Effectively, we want to make the right thing to do the easiest thing to do in healthcare. And we do that by making sure we present them information in a way that is easy to act upon.
0: That's a neat way to stitch it all together. And that's predominantly in a hospital setting that you'll be providing the product?
1: We came from it from that originally, so working in the hospital environment because that's where a lot of the data was. I mean, increasingly we're moving outside of the walls of the hospital. One of the really exciting things we've been involved in more recently was one of our customers is Murrumbidgee Local Health District in New South Wales, and we've deployed Maya Precision there on top of their EMR. So we take the information from the EMR and we use it in our platform to First of all, we do it to give the doctors access to mobile EMR data and I can touch on that. But what we've been working on during COVID was the deployment of using our platform to support the hospital in the home or virtual care. Mm. So what we've got is the CERNA EMR data coming into the platform, but we're also bringing into the platform device data from wearable arm bands that are collecting the vital signs of COVID positive patients and other patients in the home. And we're also capturing on our mobile app information from the patient about their symptoms and signs. And we're bringing that all together into a central platform. Mm. And we've got then alerts coming out of that identifying patients that might be deteriorating so that back in the hospital, the doctors and nurses can action those patients that might need to have their treatment plans changed. So I can see this as being a huge opportunity as we go forward. We've always known that hospital in the home was going to be one of the ways in which we were going to deal with aging population and so forth. Obviously, that's been accelerated somewhat and that's um, been some really exciting deployments for us and it's great that we can actually deploy it with both the EMR data that we already know about the patient in hospital Mm -hmm. but gather out of hospital information as well.
0: No, it makes sense. No, that's really interesting. And Kate, obviously you within your role would be responsible for guiding our city and through that process and communicating the value that you bring to caregivers in particular. And that'd be driven by the strong digital strategy that our city and do have. Like what in your opinion then are the important elements generally of a good digital health strategy?
1: You know, I think today any good digital health strategy is going to be underpinned by data and an understanding of where that data is and how you're gonna get to it. Not just that you need it, but that where it is and how you're gonna bring it together. And then really critically, how are you going to standardise that data to make sure you understand the context of the data, what's its source, what it's going to be used for. And take blood pressure for an example. You need to know, was it standing blood pressure or was it lying blood pressure? When was it taken? Was it taken in the morning and the night? And all of that is kind of context around data that it's really critical that we have because we then know how we can use it. And that's critical for patient safety. It's not enough to just know that you've got a piece of data, you really must be to understand the origin, how to audit it, how many versions there are of it. So for me, regardless of the system that you use or which systems you need next, you need to really understand what your use is going to be for this data. What are you trying to get out of it? What's the value it's going to bring to you and work back from there? What we're doing with My Precision is to drive real-time decision support. So that's one of the reasons that we're talking about using data in our platform. And we need to fully understand it, obviously, to keep a history of it for that to be safe. And we've built that into our platform. And, and I think everybody needs to look at their health strategy from that perspective. Where is your health system going? What are the models of care that you think are going to be adopted in the next three to five years? And then ha- what data and information do you need to support that happening?
0: understand so say then so we got the good understanding of all that information then the data's come out using my precision to be able to understand all that interpret or even just generally getting a good understanding of healthcare data analytics touched on it a little bit there but what's the best case scenario here what's the best outcome we're going to have in terms of having a good handle of the numbers and analytics and general information
1: Personally, I think healthcare delivery is changing and, it, and you know, arguably it needed to change. We've got bricks and mortar hospitals and not sustainable. Mm. And I think if you listen to Richard Taggart talk about RPA virtual, they recognize that they were going to have to build another 900 bed RPA hospital mm. uh, in the next five years to case. So we knew that it was coming. And I think we thought the aging population was going to drive that. But what's really happened is a global pandemic has had a huge impact as well. And so I think the reason for this is that we can accelerate changes in models of care. We can be faster in terms of how we need to be able to support those changing models of care. And this pandemic has shown, obviously, our ability to do it. But if you're going to change how we've delivered care for decades, you want to understand the outcomes associated with those changes. So I think you know the reasons are many then for understanding the numbers. If you assume you're going to move care out of the home, one of the long-term changes, you know we need to see if they're sustainable. We need hospital technology and ready access to data to support patients and caregivers that are no longer within the normal confines of what they've done. You know, And I think the platform, you need to be able to tell the whole patient story as well. So again, it's not just about what happened in the hospital. It's about their primary care data. It's about their social determinants of care, which are becoming increasingly important in terms of decisions that we're making about patients. Marry that with their EMR data that happens within the hospital, and you'll get a better patient outcome. You'll get safer care, but you'll also prevent them from coming back into hospital if we understand what happens to them when they leave hospital, for example. So I think we've got some great solutions in Australia across all of those sectors, in primary, in community, in hospital sector, but we need to bring that all together into an area, whatever the solution is, that allows you to effectively put a safety net around patients and give them a better long-term outcome.
0: And you spoke before about changing the way that we've delivered healthcare for 20 years or something like that. And how do you find the adoption of technology solutions generally? I mean, we know very well that changing workflows in a clinical setting is difficult, to say the least. And there's preset ways in how we deliver things and things might be conceptually a great idea, but in the end, healthcare has just always been delivered like this and it's going to be difficult to change. How do you go about adapting, you know, within our city and for existing clinical workflows with innovative solutions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is key. And this is something that i We are absolutely passionate about, you know, the fact is, and I might be a bit controversial, but we have forced clinicians to change their workflows to accommodate a computer system. And what we've done is we've actually sold it to them, that the workflow that the computer system has is better than the workflow or even safer than the workflow that they've been using for decades, private previously. And what they really are, though, are workflows designed around an EMR that needs to store data that in some ways is probably using a 20-year-old potentially technology mm-hmm. database in to do that. So don't get me wrong. I think the EMR or a best-of-breed solution has positioned us at Alcidian and the, the whole healthcare industry to be able to deliver much better healthcare and it certainly fuels our platform, but we need data in a digital format first, obviously, and then we need to focus on the user experience. And the user in this instance, I'm talking about are the doctors, the nurses, mm-hmm. the allied health professionals who are using that data. And we need to put that information together in one easy to find place. So, you know, let's support them with insights into their patient that are critical. Don't make them go looking for the data in five different parts of a system. For example, tell them on their phone that the patient that they're about to admit for surgery is on warfarin and they've got an elevated INR and therefore we ought to be, you know, not going in and cutting them open at this point in time. Mm. You know, that data is all there, but we make them go looking for that. And if if they have to look for that, as well as 20 other things that they need to consider, why not make, as I said earlier, the right thing to do, the easiest thing to do by putting that right front and center in them and says, here's your list of patients today. And here are the potential risks around those patients that you need to consider. So I don't talk about it as artificial intelligence. I talk about it as augmented. We're basically using the data to raise insights or alerts to them that they might consider. We're doing that today at Wagga Wagga Wagga-based hospital. The ED doctors are using our platform on their phones. They've got the full EMR history. All of the information about the patient is on their phone, where they're treating the patient, and then they've configured the rules that are important to them that they want to be alerted to.
0: And it's interesting too about that point of establishing a process that might be quite different to an existing workflow because you're presenting information that is helpful and in the end making it easier. And often it's a doing it in a way that clinicians didn't know was otherwise possible because if you went the other way around and said, well, you know, the clinician's way of doing things is going to be the best way. There's all these, like you coming from a different perspective from our city and everything that you've picked up from other hospital settings and other ways can provide new perspective. How do you go about that process then of say, you know, implementing your solutions within hospital settings? There's normally, especially from my own, you know, personal perspective, implementing technology solutions in a healthcare environment, needing to find that bridge between an existing workflow and getting across the line and saying, well, hey, the way we do it is better and you should do it our way. How do you find doing those conversations generally? Is it just a a wear down of, of persistence or like, hey, you've got a track record, so then everyone should follow? Have you got any views on that?
1: We've always come at it from a user design and if you ever get the opportunity to talk to our chief medical officer, um, he is passionate about design. Right? Mm. So in, in essence, what the doctors need to know is fairly simple. They can dig deeper if they need to go further down into a specialty, mm. but what they really need to know in the immediate care is fairly simple. And if you actually watch it, and I had this done for me by a video taken of the doctors at a hospital that we had one solution in some years back and how they actually lay out three pieces of paper when they're considering a patient yeah. results, medications, and really history. And they want to see them on one Mm. screen effectively if you understand how their brain works when they're making decisions you can work back from there so we really try to understand in layers what a doctor needs to know what do they want to know up front then what do they want to dig into and then what do they want to continue to dig into and that is the difference one thing i know about where we're going on this journey with alcidian is that every time we put our technology in front of a doctor we don't need to train them. They can pick up the phone and look at it and they immediately understand what they're doing with that data. They don't need to know where to go to look for it. And that's, the, that's I think, is the differentiator with what we're trying to do. All of the EMRs and the way they're structured, amazing capabilities to drill down into great lengths of data. And I, you know, I, I totally respect that. But we have come at it purely from the point of view is I'm a doctor, I've got a patient in front of me, what do I need to know right now? And then when I find that out, where do I go next? And we take them through that. We lay out the card for them in terms of where they need to go and we don't get resistance from it because we are not actually trying to change the way in which they think about patient care
0: you know important part of that is the connectivity piece that you know you connect in and just generally as an industry and everyone's quite familiar with the need for interoperability to be able to progress things from your perspective then as an industry what does the future look like of healthcare if we get the connectivity and technology piece right well
1: i think it certainly looks brighter than it did Mm. even pre-covid so no doubt COVID has accelerated adoption and I think it's going to have a lasting impact. There's no doubt about it. And also in Australia, we've made significant investment in digitalisation of that data and beyond. And so I think getting to the data into that digital format is just the beginning of the story. And I think some jurisdictions think, I've got the data in my AMR now, that's great, I'm done. But in actual fact, that's just the beginning Mm -hmm. of what we can use that data for in terms of transforming so much of what we do in healthcare. And I really believe that if we support the needs of the doctors nurses allied health community workers and so forth we will actually ultimately make the big impact on the patient outcomes you know we'll drive safer care we'll reduce the time in hospital and hopefully in many cases eliminate the need to even go to hospital which is what we're definitely seeing more of now we'll reduce adverse events which are still way too high in healthcare worldwide really importantly we'll reduce clinical burnout I think it's really sad to think that nurses and doctors are leaving the profession now in numbers greater than they ever have before. Mm -hmm. And studies show that a lot of that is to do with the administrative burden that comes from, sadly, EMRs and digital technology that hasn't actually supported them. So we've made some investments. We've got to continue on that path of understanding that data and getting in a digital format is just the beginning. Now we need to turn it into useful insights for clinicians that helps them to deliver safer care, more efficient care, more effective care, preferably outside of the hospital.
0: Yeah, it seems like the right vision the right way forward. And then so lastly then Kate specifically for Alcidian then, you know, putting all that into perspective and where is Alcidian heading for the next 6 to 12 to whatever months from here?
1: Well, we're a growing company, so you know, we're very focused on how we're going to use technical and digital innovation to support healthcare. We've added, I think, 25-30 people since COVID started, which is a significant number of percentages. There are definitely opportunities in terms of using technology innovatively in our environment in healthcare in Australia, and for us, that also means New Zealand and the UK. Our real priority areas are in clinical decision support and the user interface that supports how doctors, nurses actually work. We've recently released our e-noting and natural language processing across the platform as well, so. Um, Again, taking into account user interface and how they actually want to take notes Mm. and what is needed. And we've just deployed that into our first uh, NHS trust that's actually taken Myer Precision as an alternative to an EMR. So that'll be a place to watch and we'll continue working with that. We'll continue to work with organisations around virtual care and hospital in the home. I mean, I think what is happening with this is really exciting and there's a lot of avenues to this. As I said, we've deployed it at Murrumbidgee. We're currently implementing it at Sydney Local Health District for RPA Virtual, our ability to combine that device data with patient-entered data with the EMR data is a real differentiator for us in terms of what we bring to that environment. So we'll certainly be focusing on that. And finally, and importantly, we're going to continue to work closely with all our customers. You know, we provide services across a large number of customers, sometimes just straight services, sometimes where we're implementing products. We've got at least three statewide programs of work on the go at the moment. Fundamentally, we continue to work with our customers as partners, and we need to support them as they go on their digital health strategy, as they're delivering on what is important for them. We'll continue to support them and partner with them to address their priorities.
0: Fantastic. It's a good vision forward and looking forward to hearing all of the wins that the company will have in the coming months and years as some of those roll out. So Kate, I'm going to put some information about our city in the show notes of this episode and people can check out what the company's doing and keep in touch. Uh, Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Pete. Lovely to talk with you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.